I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Waffle House here on the Des Bishop podcast and uh, a little old school, a little old school Des Bishop podcast vibe today because, well... Neither of my co-hosts are around because Steve Steve's daughter had a fall and he was just just too much going on and uh, you know Joanne can't do every week anyway so uh, we'll have Joanne back at the end of the month um, and so I had to go and find someone to chat to which was which was a great joy because I asked Ursula Carlson my good buddy. A South African comedian, but based in New Zealand, who has also blown up in Australia. She was a previous guest on the Des Bishop podcast about three years ago. We talked a lot about uh, her she's same-sex marriage and her raising two children and just the whole process of having kids in a same-sex marriage couple, and it was all really interesting. And... um. And since then, myself and Urs have been kind of sort of like working on something in and around that idea. Can't say too much about that. Not that important, though. The important thing is that she joined me for a chat while she was in some deep, deep quarantine because she's a host of The Masked Singer, which we talk a bit about uh, in Australia. So she was she was quarantining in Melbourne uh, two weeks before and then quarantining afterwards. And then she has to quarantine when she goes back to New Zealand. So we talk a bit about the severe quarantining that they do, uh, on the other side of the world. Uh, we also talk a bit about, uh, therapy actually, because, uh, Urzla, you know, I messaged Urzla a couple of weeks ago when I was in the thralls of just the stress of what I've been talking about the last few weeks. And she recommended that I talk to her therapist cause she just really likes her therapist. So I've had a few virtual sessions with, uh, therapist that Ursula recommended. So we, we talk quite a bit about that and about anxiety and uh, the benefits of talking it out and a few uh, tricks of the trade in terms of uh, coping with stress. Um, and then we finish off the chat with a, a kind of a, a bit of a whimsical chat about um, whether algorithms would be better at governing than human beings governing society. But it's a fun chat in general. Ursula's super funny. I'll be back after the ep. To, to chat a bit. But for now, this is hilarious comedian Ursula Carlson. You may recognize from a brand new Netflix special. Uh, and she's chatting with me now. So Ursula, wel- welcome, to, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for getting out of, uh, get me out of a jam. Both of my co-hosts are otherwise uh, occupied. They're sleeping together? No, they're just one of them. His daughter had a fall. and uh, She's 95. She's she's uh she's not in good shape. His daughter's like three. Okay, she so got she just her- fell over. Yeah, she fell. I know you're you're a parent, so like this is just. You know, like- I, was saying, I was saying there's an age limit. Like you say, for kids, you say she fell over, and for parents, you go, oh, she had a fall. 
So you said you said his daughter had a fault. So I thought maybe his daughter's like ninety five and he's one hundred and fourteen. <laughs> she was a fall risk. Uh, so. And then, yeah, Joanna's just, I mean, Joanne's not going to be doing every week anyway, so she's not doing this week. So uh, you're really getting me out of a jam, so I appreciate Mate, that. I'm happy. I'm happy to be a ringing. I've got nothing else on. I'm in isolation, Which government is what isolation. I, I was going to start by asking you about that because you're – your situation is quite unique. I actually think I, I think I mentioned it on the podcast either last week or the week before because there was a hint of people complaining about the the restrictions in Ireland and the UK, and I was giving them an example of how serious it is for you. So can you explain as much as you're allowed to what how much quarantining you've been doing and why? Mate, I will tell you everything, even if I'm not allowed to. The government can come and give me. <laughs> so I, I live in New Zealand, as you well know, and then I took this job in Australia, the mask singer, where I'm one of the judges slash guesses, whatever they call it. And then um, coming over, I knew I'd have to government quarantine. Now, there's a difference between quarantine and isolation, and a lot of people don't know. Like isolation, you're sort of left to it. And they want you to isolate and just stay home and you can go into the yard, you know, but avoid other people. Keep mm-hmm. moving, they say. Uh, but not in the street. Don't leave the premises. But there's no one checking up. Like I can literally just up sticks and go. There's, that's isolation, government isolation. So they call me once a day. I'll get back to why I'm in isolation now. Government quarantine, this is how this unfolded. So I, because of, you know, Cyrus the virus, I left Auckland, got on a plane. There's only 30 people on the plane, max. Then we flew over to Sydney because they were only taking people in Sydney at that time because Victoria was closing its borders. Yes. So landed in Sydney and then got taken off the plane four at a time. Then we were walked. We had to wear masks, had to wear shields. Then we, we, no one at the airport was wearing masks, just for the record. And I even said to the woman, why aren't you wearing a mask? And then she did that full American thing to me where she goes, why should I wear a mask? You're wearing a mask. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, so we walked out and then we had to sort of circle through these nurses and they asked us all these questions and they took our temperature. Um, and then we went through customs where you just have to take your mask off. They see you one at a time. Then we go through. still just the four of us. And then we were put on a bus, only four of us. And then uh, before we left, so the army was there and the police. They were the ones monitoring everything and putting us on the bus. Then as we got on the bus, the army guy just leaned in and said to the bus driver, Sofitel, Sofitel went with. So that's where we had to – so we didn't know where we were going to go beforehand. They don't even tell the bus driver. The army guy literally tells the bus driver as the bus is loaded with our shit where to go. Wow. So then he, he drives us there. Army guys come and they take all our bags out and then the police check us in and an army man takes all your bags and takes you to the hotel, to your room. You don't get a key or anything. He walks you in, puts all your shit down and goes, you're not to leave the room. You don't have a key. So if you're, if you're out, you're going to get in trouble. So you're not allowed to open the door. We will knock and leave your food. So we'll knock, count to five, and then open the door and get your food. And then close it directly again. There will be security on this floor. So I went, all right. That's literally <laughs> so, prison. And, and yeah. that's, that's the moment where you go, fuck, I forgot to pack sex toys. Fuck. 
I might. I never forget to pack that. Fucking <laughs> <an> idiot. <laughs> and also, don't be a douchebag. Pack the ones, the new ones that you can recharge, the USB ones. Like before traveling, doing that massive journey, paying thousands of dollars for isolation or quarantine. Why the fuck would you not upgrade and buy something? What if a battery runs out? Now yeah. you're stuck with two weeks with this thing. I, that can't now you got to. Now you got to ask an army guy. It's like, hey, listen. <laughs> Yeah. I need batteries. Okay. <laughs> can you get can you get me a triple A or get in here and fuck me quickly? One, two. <laughs> All right, so so sorry. Okay, so this is pretty so, wild. Like so now yeah, you're in yeah. prison. So it's you're like strict, yeah. And now I've got all this new respect for people who's under house arrest because I'm like, this is bullshit, right? But I totally understand it and I'm doing it with a smile in my heart because I'm on my way to do this job for three and a half weeks and like, it's gonna be who, great. Who, who would have thought that uh, being booked on the mask singer would give you empathy for Aung San Suu Kyi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, this is great. So I finished quarantine. Um, the army guy comes, but and during that time you get two COVID tests and the whole time I know there's army guys outside because I look at them through the people. Um, on my second last day there, someone's banging on my door and I thought, so now I'm counting. One, two, three, banging. Like, fuck, all right, one, two, banging. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's not food. And you, I, and Ursula, opened- you, you already have the Pavlovian response of a knock <laughs> means you're getting fed. Yeah. <laughs> I started counting to five, three times before I realized, okay, there's a problem here. So I, I opened the door just a little bit and I have a look out and there's two army guys and a policeman. And he goes, um, oh, you're here. And I went, yeah, you told me to stay. And he goes, oh. I go, what's going on? He says, someone left their room. We're going to find them. And I believed him. And then, because you get three phone calls a day that they phone up from the medical team to see if you're all right, hashtag to check that you're still yes. in your fucking room. Um, so <laughs> every time they phone, they go, uh, at the end of it, they go, do you have any symptoms? No. Do you have any fever? No. I thought that was with the symptoms, but anyway, no. Uh, and then they go, do you have any questions? And then on day three, I go, when will these phone calls stop? <laughs> <laughs> so then they stop ringing me. Did they laugh? They, Did she laugh? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah Thank yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> but also I got, you know, Beck, my manager, she was sending so many fucking parcels to me in the hotel. I had to buy another suitcase to take all the shit from Sydney to Melbourne. But so they were delivering so much shit. They knew I was in the room. Like I get a, got a parcel every hour. So that poor bastard. Was just so what, ha- what happened with the room leaving? What happened with the knocking? Uh, okay. So yeah, they found the person. It wasn't a thing. But then on the last day, the army guy comes up. He checks your passport. He signs you out electronically, checks your temperature, gives you a letter to say you've done quarantine, you're allowed to travel. And then I had to apply for a special visa to travel to Melbourne because, of course, it's closed now. They closed yes. the borders. So I flew over to Melbourne and I started working on The Masked Singer the next day. Great. We filmed three and a half weeks. We can't get through 10 episodes. The whole series is 11 episodes. On the last day, we get to sit, I get my hair makeup done. That's like two and a half hours of a bitch speckling shit on me. 
And then one of the other judges, Dave Hughes, peeks in and he goes, oh, my God, I can't believe it's the last ever. I said, it's gone so quickly. And he goes, well, they can't cancel us now. We're on the last one. Because the whole time we're like, we're just waiting for, you know, to see if we're essentials. We're waiting. Like every episode was literally, can we do it? Can we do it? Yes. And then with the last one, he goes, well, they can't cancel us now. Choose nuts. We go into our production meeting. We're 35 minutes away from recording the last episode, the grand finale. In walks the executive producer. I've got bad news. We've had an outbreak. You need to get to your rooms. Stay in your rooms. Wow. I'm like, oh, my God. He goes, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. I, I run out and I go, say to one of the um, ADs, I go, get my makeup lady because she's got a teenage son. I'm like, I'm not, not telling her. I need her to sort her son right now. Yeah. So I just said to her, look, we've had an outbreak and you sort your son. And then we just kind of sat there and waited and, yeah, there's an outbreak on set. We were you're all so, time. You're so vain. Your first thought was the makeup lady. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was where I was going with it. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, then we were sent home, said we have to get tested the next day and to isolate for 48 hours. So it re- immediately I was like, fuck, 48 hours because I was going to travel home the next day back to Auckland where I had to quarantine again. So I'm like, oh, fuck, what a nuisance. You know, I've got to stay an extra day. I was like, oh, ugh, this sucks. So we go for testing and stuff and then they do the contact tracing to see who has it, who's tested positive. Overall, 17 people. 17, and then, uh, 17 people in the production tested positive? Yeah, but it's a it's a big production. It's two hundred and fifty eight people. Wow, that's still though. That's it's that's a big a, percentage. That, that, that's an outbreak though. That's a real. That's yeah. not I mean, like that's somebody. Pro- yeah, but that's that's why when you know, like we're not fucking around here. This thing is contagious. It's all shit. So um, then they realised we were all close contacts, um, and we had to isolate for two weeks, fourteen days. So I want day in, in Melbourne. In Melbourne. So I've been in lockdown, government lockdown. So I get a call every day from the Department of Health and Human Services to make sure that I'm in the room. But also the concierge at this building is such a, you know, like he said to me on the first day, he goes, look, if anything comes to you, don't come down. I'll bring it up. And I'm like, I'm allowed to go out in the courtyard. He goes, yeah, but don't. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can totally understand it. Like they just got a call to say, I'm in isolation. You would be scared, you know. You would be, yeah. Although, yeah. So, well, I guess I'd be more scared just of your journey from the room to the to the uh, to the courtyard. Yeah. Even yeah, even well, though e- the- even though that's very that's ultra paranoid, ultra safe. But you know, that's that's I've, I've the- been often avoiding the lift just in case. I've been taking the fire escape. I've you know because I do go out because I have a room with no sunshine. But um, I've been avoiding everyone. I haven't really seen another human being except. For the testing nurse, she comes every three days and I get tested. I get tested again tomorrow. That's my last one. And then I fly home on Sunday. But so, the assumption but then, would, oh, Sorry, go ahead. No, no. Then I go back into government quarantine on that side for two more weeks. So all up, that's six weeks in quarantine or, two, you know, four weeks quarantine, two weeks isolation. Well, I'm not allowed to leave. For 10 fucking apps. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Three and a half weeks worth of work and six solid weeks of lockdown. By the way, just for celebrity gossip, who were you on the mask singer with? What was the because you were I know you were filling you were you replaced Lindsay Lohan, right? Yeah, I know. How you know, if you go, who can we get off the bench for Lindsay? You automatically think me, right? 
Like, who could we replace this complete fucking emotional mess, skinny fucking emotional mess? Who could we get that's like her? It's like, let's get totally together, totally together, mother of two, peaking in her career, Ursula Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, and I'm sure this will get picked up out of this podcast too. There's been so much drama around it. It's like, just everyone just calm the fuck down. It's lockdown, you know. Um, they wanted someone in studio. She couldn't get in studio. I could after six months of not seeing my kids. Oh, <laughs> so uh, she was, um, she couldn't do it because of the the virus? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, hey. Silver lining for you. Did you enjoy it? I did, actually. Honestly, it's been the most fun I've had on set. I think it's a lot to do with we're sort of in this weird bubble, you know, when it's just you and just these people. Um, it kind of You kind of get this weird relationship where it's us against the world kind of thing. Even now we're in lockdown um, and the five of us have this group chat on WhatsApp and uh, and we just talk all day, you know, and send each other funny videos and so send you, photos you, of our lunch. Do you think you do you think you naturally bond deeper just by virtue of the fact that you're 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 stuck together and you're having fun? Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Right, yeah, because yeah, we, you know, you can't mix with your own. All of us are away. The only one that's with his family is Dave Hughes, who lives in Melbourne and is at his house in isolation at the moment. But the rest of us are all away. Danny's she lives in LA. Um, Jackie That's lives da- in da- Danny Minogue. Oh, it's Jackie yeah. O. Jackie O, yeah, and she lives in Sydney, and me from Auckland. So we're all sort of fish out of water, away from our kids, the whole thing, you know. And Osha as well. His son turned one while he was here. Osha is the host. All right. Wow. So that's tough for everybody, actually. Yeah. So it's been really good. You know, we've all sort of, and we Zoom, we watch um, the show together and we watch Bachelor together on Zoom. So all of us have our dinner and then we watch the show. So we sort of keep each other company at night. And uh, the other night, Jackie was up late over the weekend because she still does her morning radio show. And she's like, oh, I'm so bored. What are you guys doing? I go, I'm having a gin and tonic. Do you want to Zoom? So we just Zoomed and chatted for like an hour, having a drink, you know. Yeah, I have been I have been shocked with everything that's going on with Hannah because uh, she's not she's not having an, a, an experience that's a million miles from what you're, you know, she's she's in a situation that's similar but different to what, what you're going through. But uh, I have been quite surprised at how much the virtual experience can replace, not 100% replace, but it can fill a lot of the void of human interaction yeah yeah and especially like you've got Flynn you've got the dog and I weirdly think um if I had a pet here and I have them it would have been a completely different experience too because you sort of have something to cuddle and and someone to talk to yeah I mean honestly the Flynn cuddles worked better before I desired the cuddles of a woman then well, the, that's then, some biblical shit there, bro. That's like, is that an Exodus or Leviticus? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I what I mean is that the I was quite content until I wasn't, you know, like yeah. as in like I, before I before I knew that the you know there would be something greater than just chilling on your own and nurturing this uh, this emotionally wounded animal. Uh, I was quite content, but then suddenly, when you want more, it it feels like it's not enough. Wait, who's the wounded animal? You or Flynn? Me, me, and Flynn. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry, I should have said when when these <laughs> yeah, when these two wounded animals, when this emotionally wounded uh, pack of animals <laughs> were nurturing, licking each other's paws. <laughs> <laughs> I can see when he sits on here and he sort of cuddles and he's like, I'm just as fucked as you, bro. Yeah, bro. I, I, I joke about that all the time because like Flynn has all these like issues around like impulse control and like he does, he ramps up sometimes to a, to a, like an unacceptable point, like something that needs to get better. But I always just look at him and go, dude, I, I, I totally get it. I felt that way my whole life. <laughs> like, it just, I just get reminded of being in school and teachers being like, you have to calm down. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get it. I get I, it. I see. I recognize it because I have it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, well, can we talk a bit about, like, just tell me right now. I'm going to ask you in code. And then if you're comfortable talking about it, we could talk about it. So, about our the, therapist? Yes. Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah. So I, I messaged Urs. You know, so I was just struggling with the whole, like, uh, you know, falling for somebody. My podcast listeners are more than aware of the stress and anxiety I, I was feeling about Hannah being put into her situation. So on a particular day, because myself and Urs are also working on something separate. So we've had a lot of interactions lately. And I messaged Ursula just, like, you know, sharing a little bit of my frustration and you recommended your therapist, despite the fact that she's in Australia. And I have now been using her, and she is great. Yeah, she's amazing. But see, it's that, that contact thing. You don't need it anymore. That's what COVID has taught us. Like, I've been talking to her via FaceTime from Auckland for, like, a year. Um, you know, just because she's in Melbourne, and I'm not always in Melbourne. And I use her when I'm on the road, too. Like, sometimes I'm in Perth, or I'm just in Sydney. Like, and then I can't get to her, so I just go, can I FaceTime you know, and then we do, and it's amazing. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, 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 I wish actually, in a way, that I had, you know, just signed up for one of these virtual counseling courses in the past, and that they always pop up. My Instagram, hey, my Instagram knows that I'm fucked up. What I should give you because with this whole lockdown thing, they give us like free counseling sessions, and they give you a code, and they go, "No one will know; it's completely confidential." So, what I, I can just give you the code, and you talk to them. You can have ten <laughs> sessions, and just use this. Because <laughs> I don't need I don't need that counselor because I've got my counselor. So if you want, yeah, but I have your I have your one too, so we're good. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I've got like a voucher. <laughs> swipe up, swipe up. Uh, <laughs> If you, you want my voucher, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, but it does. It, it 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 it's funny how it does work. But the thing is that uh, what what I like about uh, Man, we'll call her Man. She, uh, I mean, I've only done two sessions with her, but I've done a lot of therapy in my life, and a lot of it has been sort of focused on looking back and sort of finding the origins of behavior finding why these triggers are causing so much stress or so much emotion uh you know looking at sort of like behavior patterns but what i like about her is she's she's very it's the first time somebody's just basically like we're going to really practically look at when this comes up and we're going to change the language uh so that it doesn't drive your emotions in other words let's 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 tackle the thinking and then you won't have to deal with the emotions like kind of a cbt model which is fresh for me but i have to say i really like yeah that cbt is amazing but also like when we just started it was really frustrating for me because does she give you homework we have to write she gave, it down she gave me homework yeah but i yeah. got away with it because of the time difference she gave me homework she sent it to me so i i i see her 6:30 a.m. monday morning 
and she sent it to me late on Sunday night. Of course, it was her morning, so in her life, she's thinking this guy has all day to work on this, but I was sleeping, uh, so I, I I didn't actually write it out, but I did. Uh, we you know we, I did have you the worksheet. Think about it. I yeah. had to think, and then we had the worksheets in front, and it was. Yeah, see, so it, I when when because I wrote it down like for a week, I would write down everything, you know, that triggered my anger, and then when we started working through it, about a quarter way through it, I just yelled at it to sh- oh you go fuck yourself! <laughs> like I got so frustrated with it, but because I realised she was right. There's nothing as frustrating as another adult going, hey, you're being fucked up right now and you're recognizing it and you go, God, I can't believe that was so easy for you to see. It's more embarrassment, isn't it? <laughs> so, I know, I know. Because I, I, I think every grown-ass adult should be in therapy at least once or twice, you know, just go check. It's like servicing a car. You just want to, even if you buy a brand new BMW, you're going to keep taking it for servicing, you know, because otherwise the fucking wheels are going to fall off. Same with you. Yeah. I mean, I always say that like Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, all these guys, they fucking have a swing coach. They have an objective observer to have a look at them and see the things that they can't see themselves. Like, why would you, why would you not go to somebody, an objective observer who can just say, yeah, this, this might be getting a bit loose. This this might have built up in you because, you know, you can get jammed up with things. You know, you can get full of resentment, you can get full of anger, or you can get full of, you know, sadness or obsess about a thing. So it is, I mean, honestly, I have to say just one one CBT session with her, the relief was immense. I actually nearly cried because at one stage we just went through, you know, so she does, for, for the listener, one of the techniques that uh, this therapist uses is she she takes a look at let's say like something that you feel is causing you anxiety and then you decide whether it's an opinion or a fact. Do you do that? Yeah. 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 So that was, so it's really interesting because sometimes you think something is a fact, you know, you know, I'm not going to give any examples because it's too personal, especially because I've been so honest in the podcast lately. If I give examples, it relates too much back to information that people would be dying for. But uh, anyway, long story short, there was one of them particularly, and I was like, no, that's a fact. And she was like, no, it's an opinion. And I was like, no, that's a fact. And she was like, no, it's an opinion. It's not like you to argue. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hang <laughs> on, let me just get my bag of douchebaggery out here. <laughs> I was like, listen, bitch, I'm fucking paying you. You agree with me. <laughs> She's like, you're not a Starbucks cunt. <laughs> yeah, but it was it, but it was great because then the, the more you break it down, you go, oh, actually, and it's really good to look at the facts. And often, particularly particularly because, you know, certainly some of my anxiety is about not being in control. You know, uh, it's amazing how so often uh, when it comes down to the actual fact, the actual fact is you don't know, and it's impossible to predict. Yeah, you know that that's yeah. the fact. You know. Yeah. But the opinion is just like, it's this, it's that. And then your fucking emotions take off. Like I never really, I found it very interesting to sort of look at tackling the thought process that drives the emotion rather than most of my life. Like I was in recovery. I was going to AA, NA meetings and also dealing with therapists that are basically like, what is that feeling telling you? And I'm not saying that's invalid, but it, sometimes it's like, actually, you're, 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 thought, you're, you're trying to figure out what the feeling is telling you and actually... Your thoughts are just making the feeling take off like a lunatic. Yeah. Yeah, it's feeding it. 
Yeah. yeah what I what I found helpful here is instead of digging through my past and seeing where you know problems could have arisen, you know, sort of from my childhood or whatever. She's like, what, "What's pissing you off now? What's what's happening now? Let's deal with your reactions to stuff now." And because I was calmer and I could react to things in a calmer way, then I started thinking about the backlog you know, the stuff that happened to my childhood. And now I can talk to her about that stuff. But she didn't start off with, so as a child, because I've had previous therapists that they want to start there. I'm like, yes. man, that was like years ago. Can we just deal with the shit that I'm going through right now? So, yeah, I found it really helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only the beginning for me, but I did get uh, I did get immediate relief. Plus, and I think anyone who has a therapist or has done this, just the relief of reaching out and being like, I need help is actually in itself like a like a, a relief action or it just yeah. it just makes you feel like I, I feel like sometimes it stops me feeling like I'm hiding from anything. It's like, okay, the the period of time of pretending everything is okay all the time is over because it can't be okay all the time for anyone. No, it's impossible. But, like, this is almost where um, this virus thing has given us a gift, you know. Normally, you wouldn't have time for this shit, mm-hmm. you know, or you'd say you don't have time for this shit, where it literally is a FaceTime video. But that was my thing for years. I go, as soon I've got some time off in January, I'll go see someone. And then when my wheels started falling off, like, three years ago, I was like, oh, I need to talk to someone now or, they, you know, I'm going to have a lot of time off in jail. Yeah, and that was so. So you, oh, you, when you reached out, that was because the 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 stress of, and you know, plus your life was completely changing. Like, of course, you're gonna go need to see somebody. You suddenly become famous, incredibly busy. You know, all the stresses that that come with that. You have got a family. Of course, yeah. that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, man, and you know, I was like, fuck, I need to. And my dad died, same as you. Like, uh, my dad died a couple of years ago, and. You know, and I, I said to my sister, my brother, my sister too, I go, you have to mourn. We have to mourn him. Otherwise, that's the kind of shit that will come back and bite you in the ass. Like mm. 20 years from now, someone, you know, knocks over uh, your drink in a restaurant and then it takes you back to something that happened when you were four years old and all of a sudden you're assaulting a waitress with a, you know, pepper grinder <laughs> and you're crying and running the streets naked and you're like, what happened there? <laughs> you happened, know? Yeah. yeah. So you have to process your shit. You can't just go, well, not now, not now, not yet. So I'm waiting for them. They're going to attack someone. I know it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, we're going to do a little bit of grief work with her too, but funnily enough, she, 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 she's, she's, she's so matter of fact, you know, she's like, <laughs> yeah, we'll bang that out in a day. <laughs> yeah. said, I know. <laughs> you got this is this is a really big thing for me. She goes, Yeah, that can be half an hour next next summer. Yeah, 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 um, next week. I'll send you, ten I, minutes at the top. I'll send you a worksheet. Just just fill out the, a few lines and we'll bang that out like your mother be gone. Just just get on with it. <laughs> She's dead. Deal with it. <laughs> We're talking about the yeah. future here. You know, yeah. She deals she deals, <laughs> she deals with grief like a golfer deals with a fucking bad swing. She's like, Yeah, I I, 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 I work with professional golfers all the time. Like we can get over anything. You know, your dead mother is just like a hook off the first tee. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say you're making that up, but I don't think you are. <laughs> your mother is a fucking fluff chip. You know, your mother is a bladed fucking eight iron off the fucking sticks. <laughs> your mother's when you're trying to putt out of the sand pit. 
Yeah. Oh, 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 that's a bad. That's 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 definitely in the yips in the yips zone. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. I wanted to I wanted to kind of ask you about that because that has been that has been quite helpful. And actually, I was in a fucking I was in a bad way that day when I messaged you. You know, just just stress. You know. Yeah. Just stress. no, I reckon because that was the day that I was going through a lot of shit. Like. I didn't even talk to anyone for two days because this whole lockdown, because it's extra two weeks that I didn't plan on. I'm in an Airbnb that I was thinking, oh, it doesn't matter if it's a shithole because I'm just going to sleep there at night. And then, oh, oh extra two weeks in it. Oh, man. I would oh. fucking like, because I would lose. I, I, I honestly, there, the other day I saw a bug trapped between two window panes. And weirdly enough, it actually brought me back to my childhood because when I was a kid, I was so antsy that my greatest fear was being trapped, you know, because I literally couldn't sit with myself. And I feel like what you just told me would bring me back to that place of just like, no, I can't be stuck here anymore. I can't. Yeah. But I tell you what, this this lockdown makes you, makes you work through your shit, man. Like the whole day today, I just sat here writing shit down journaling as they call it in the mother's groups and um no music no tv no nothing just silence and i didn't mind it and this is now like i'm in my fourth week of it you know of no one and even while we were filming every second day we'd film and every other day i'd go for walks um with Julia, the lawyer, um, and we would socially discern <laughs> walks and then um, every other day I'd be at studio. But, no, we just stayed in the bubble. I never saw anyone else. I didn't even see my friends that live in Melbourne. They would know because they're in lockdown and they even have, like, a curfew. So, f- so for all this time, you've almost been on some sort of, like, Buddhist retreat. Yeah. Oh, look, I have been shoving coffee and crystals up my asshole all week. Um, I don't know if instant coffee works as well as those bullets, but <laughs> that's all I've got. <laughs> no, but in, in, in general, I have found in general, I have found that a lot of I, I feel like a lot of the this like explosive sort of like two weeks of like intense emotion that I was feeling uh, clearly triggered by like meeting somebody, but also just like the accumulation of march to now where you're literally just absent of all your distractions for so long like one thing i've definitely learned over the last while is that stand-up which is a wonderful career is an incredible distraction like to have that to have that you know energy explosion five nights a week it it does it keeps you away from yourself sometimes yeah, totally. And everyone around you is so happy and positive and they just blow so much smoke up your ass. They're like, fuck, man, I love that. And you're like, yeah, this is good. This is good. I'm loving all of this. And then all of a sudden, poof, silence. For so long. Oh. Silence yeah. for so long. Yeah, because I would be the same. I'd gig five, six times a week, you know, and then all of a sudden nothing. And even just staying at home for so long. You know, like every time I walk past my suitcases, I, I swear to God, they roll towards me a little bit. I'm like, when are we leaving? When are we leaving? <laughs> <laughs> but this is, re- it's funny, you know, when people say I'm doing a detox and all that, this is like a real detox. I don't mean like in terms of food and shit, but this is very much like a real mental health detox of we're going to, we're going to strip you of a lot of your normal distractions and you're going to, you're going to be stuck with yourself. Let's see how you get on. Yeah. 
I I do think it's Greta's fault that we're in this situation. I think she did something. I know a lot of people blame Bill Gates, which it's obviously not him. He would have called it Norton if it was him. Um, do you think it was Greta? It was Greta, yeah. She released you, something. L- let me just give you some career advice. At the moment, it's better to blame the straight white guy than the young female. Oh, Okay. So go with Bill. No, Gates. I'm still gonna go. I'm still gonna go. <laughs> you're, you're looking for the uh, you're looking for the QAnon conspiracy theory <laughs> right wing market because you already have like you already have the the woke lesbians fucking oh, on your sides. So now you're looking the for the angry lead. white guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as the cyclists stay out of my way. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love cyclists. So um. So listen, uh, I'm going to let you go unless you're dying to talk more, but the Netflix special is out. So let's plug that, Overqualified Loser. Yes, Overqualified Loser. It's on Netflix. And there's another one that's because once people watch that, they always go, where can I find more shit? Uh, In Comedians of the World, also on Netflix. New Zealand, Australia, I'm in there. Um, And and people go, I can't find it. It's only Netherlands because you have to do the drop down. And I'm like, if you're too dumb to find it, you should probably not watch it. Yeah, but uh, yes, but in 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 the defense of people, it's it's not as easy to find that one as it is overqualified loser. Yeah, but I mean, it comes up if you search my name, then it it's right next to overqualified loser. Then you click on that, and then just go to the drop down New Zealand Australia. And it's Ursula with a Z because for the Irish, it's Ursula U R S U L A, but it's actually U R Z U R Z I L A I L A Ursula. Yeah, er, er, but you'll er, probably put it somewhere here. You'll spell it out nicely. Oh, it'll be it it'll be nice on the pod, of oh, course. Oh, mate, on, on you the, will the, polish that shit up. <laughs> yeah, man, on the podcast, it's going to be great. Um, okay, so I have one question. Actually, this is I'm just using you now because this is a thought I had yesterday. I was talking to somebody, and obviously, society is a little fucked right now. Particularly when you're in the United States. It's hard not to have a sense of hopelessness for the future. Like it does, it Fair has, enough. yeah, it has begun to feel like this is what happens when society breaks down, you know, when the trust of institutions disappears and, uh, you know, madness is, is allowed to flourish, possibly encouraged by the powers that be, right? Yeah. And at the same time, you know, you have so much of the world in terms of industry pushing towards algorithms and data and analytics and more often than not it improves situations right so i sometimes wonder even though you live in new zealand where there seems to be a much more sort of communal atmosphere of togetherness in terms of how governments work but i'm starting to wonder why are we not allowing huge aspects of government and societal organization to be run by an algorithm. Have you ever pondered this? No, I can honestly say I have not. Not but even so, for a second. <laughs> so, <laughs> so It's never so, crossed my mind. So this is what happens when you don't have 10 episodes of The Masked Singer to distract you. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, here's my thought, okay? So uh, I'm uh, whatever about left-wing politics, right-wing politics, socialism, and wealth. I'm very you, left. Yes. Yeah, as am I. But... The thing is that if you actually just keyed in all the data, now I know that even the way that the data is keyed in will have bias in it. I understand that. But at the same time, there will be some aspects of cold, hard data, which is 
where are resources plentiful? Where are they lacking? Where is uh, human happiness up? Where is it down? Where is there more illness? Like if you plugged in all the data in terms of wellness versus bad outcomes for people in terms of race, uh, you know, just uh, basically the, da- the the computers can take in all the data. So if you keyed in all that data and, you know, a program printed out basically if resources are distributed in this way, society, it would be a net benefit for all of society. You feel- sound like, this sounds like, never mind algorithm running it, it sounds like, you know, when communism just started, in its purest form, it's supposed to do that, to help everyone to, but then, um, you know, sort of money comes into it and uh, like, you know, uh, corruption and the control of people and money and so that's almost what it sounds like. Like you want to level it out, but then one more move and we've got full fucking communism. Yeah, but except that, yeah, because of course it wouldn't work because people will not trust the algorithm. Like it's always the no. thing of like with self-driving cars, people say, but what happens when the self-driving car makes a mistake? And it's like, well, the, the self-driving car is going to make a lot less mistakes than you. And probably most likely the self-driving car got in an accident because you had an emotional response to a stimulus, whereas the fucking the computer didn't. You know, so the computer didn't know how to to react to your fucking crazy human impulse. Right. So but I I just I feel like in a way it would it would just maybe help people to understand that there are better outcomes that can happen if you have a a stronger government. But, you know, of of course, listen, I know it's pie in the sky, but wouldn't it be nice to even just know? Wouldn't it be nice to even know that? Yeah, it would be. Even, you know, where I reckon they should trial that, where they should start with that, like at schools. Because, like, in New Zealand, they've got the um, schools that start with, uh, you know, a code 1 verse 10, right? And then the number one schools are lower socioeconomic. You know, they take the income for the community and they go, this school's got a level 1. And then school 10 has got a lot of income in the community uh, so that school hardly gets any funding from the government, whereas a sc- number one school gets all funded. Everything's funded at that school. And then you get the ones in the, in between. So that's how they try and level it out. But the problem with that is because it's New Zealand, they have like, um, you know, wealthy houses mm-hmm. um, in the rich areas too because they try and not just have a rich area. So they've got council estates in the rich areas and so it's sort of spread out. So now you've got a decile 10 school where they go, well, the average income is really high in this, but then you've got really poor people living in the middle there and their kids get no funding. So they can't do shit because their parents are really poor. And so if you can run a system like that to sort of level out schools properly, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, I understand that if the algorithm leaned towards more equal wealth wealth distribution then of course all the right wing people would suggest that this algorithm is socialist you know like there will automatically be a, a the the assumption that there was inherent bias in the way that the data was entered which of course i completely understand but how great instead of like governments like in the united states an algorithm would definitely be better than the current government that is a fact you know there's way too much emotion would be a better government than what you've got at the moment. <laughs> but there's I've just got a potato here that's got roots growing out of the side that would be a better fucking government than your <laughs> government. 
other roots died, like our fucking current yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but no, but on I, it accidentally. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it, just the, the point is that obviously there's just way too much emotion, way too much division, and it would be a great way to wipe that out. But uh, I do think that it would be great to have a government which is just like, oh, so uh, your school is paid for. You might also like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> free. You might also like free mental health checkups and uh, free preschool education. <laughs> yeah. Pe- people. People who like equality also like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd just be like that'd just be like a great a great way to run a government, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you like supporting the SPCI? You might like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you might like a, a, a program for uh, for the children who have no parents. So anyway, that, that was just that was yeah, that was my yesterday's thought. So I thought the next person that I have in a situation where they're trapped, I'm gonna let them listen to my my crazy idea. Well, this is the perfect scenario then because I literally cannot leave. I did look at the door a couple of times, thinking I can make it, but I don't want to run away from anyone. Yeah, well, you're just. Also, you're, I haven't I haven't worn a bra in two weeks, so there's an upside to everything. Ursula, you trying yeah. to make me fucking? Yeah, mate. Choke one out in the middle of fucking my podcast here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just a good. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a I'm a I'm a fucking expert now. I won't get into it. I've talked about it oh, too much. My. I'm a, right. I'm an I just, expert. I just finished Pornhub yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> what's the, I won't what, ruin the end for you. <laughs> what's the final scene? Is it lesbian porn? <laughs> no, they're all just sitting there playing Monopoly, going, "Fuck! Someone, someone did it! Someone got to the end." <laughs> well, that's a great way. A great way to end the episode. Urs, thanks so much for getting me out of a jam. Thanks for thanks for motivating me to to go and get a little therapy, work on my mental health, and uh, I wish you the absolute best in your continued quarantine. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'll talk to you daily while I'm in here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's sad that you have to quarantine so much for a hoax. Mate, you know what? There, do you see that dark patch there? That's yeah. my golf clubs. I brought it with me. I'm staying across the road from Albert Park, the golf yeah. Club where you and I have played several times. And when I came, I was like, I'm only filming every second day. I'm going to play golf every other day, get some fresh air. The day I flew into Melbourne is the day they closed the golf clubs. Oh, my God. Um, on Sunday when I fly out, they open the clubs. Oh, my God. And then it's you're going God's into way. another two weeks of quarantine. Yeah, with the golf clubs, just sitting there in the corner. Just staring at you. I was just taking them on a trip. It's like, Auckland, you know, Sydney, Melbourne, Auckland. And the, the clubs are just saying to you, you know, the way you're, you're thinking is making you miserable, but you could, <laughs> I could be making you miserable. <laughs> I, I could be giving you the most unimportant reasons to be more frustrated than you've ever been in your life. Yeah. You think you're unhappy now. <laughs> yeah. Give me three holes. No, you know what? I, I, um, uh, what was I going to? Oh, I actually got in trouble because, so I had to apply for a special dispensation visa to fly to Australia, right? And then initially they said no, they turned it down. But then we, they got a Channel Ten here, got a uh, immigration lawyer, and then they overturned it. 
And then the next morning I had to fly. But it was all so quick. Like, I wasn't coming. I wasn't coming. And then all of a sudden I got a call, go, your flight leaves 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, fuck. And I just threw everything in a bag and I grabbed the golf, you know, stuff and the golf shoes just shoved them in. And when I come through, now I'm walking with a police officer and an army guy. And, um, oh, those police ladies were really hot too. Anyway, so then I go through customs and they go, oh, you've got a golf bag. I go, yeah. And they go, is it clean? And I just went, I honestly don't know. And he unzipped it and my golf shoes still had mud on it from the day before when I went to play golf. So they had to wash it and then I got in trouble and I had this bag of soggy shoes. I'm like, oh, this is great. I know. You know, when I came to – the year that I came to Melbourne Festival with Bella, you know, my yeah. little co- my little cousin. Yeah. Um, she's like – she was 16 at the time. She's such like a bad liar. So – we get to customs and she has written, I don't, I didn't know this. She has written on the customs form. I have dirt on my sneakers. Oh, Bella. <laughs> so, oh, Bella. So suddenly the customs guy is like, he calls me over and he's like, um, listen, she wrote, <laughs> he was basically being like, she fucked up a little bit here, but don't stress. And, you know, he was just like, had a quick look and it was like, it's fine. But at the same time, he was yeah. like, in future, this is when you lie. <laughs> he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's trying to teach Bella. Like, there's a, there's the right time to be honest. Like, have you been on a farm? And then there's just like a bit of sand in your sneaker is not what we're concerned about here. No, no, no. It's, it's when you've got like a, you know, spit roasted pig in your carry on, then you declare that. <laughs> is your bag. People come to New Zealand with like fish and stuff. I'm like, you're coming to a little island where all we've got is fucking fresh seafood. What are you doing? You know, I mean, why would you bring your own shit? It's like I, people bringing fruit and vegetables to Australia. I go, do you know where you are? Hey, go easy on the Asians, all right? Mate, I'm not talking about the Asians. <laughs> I'm talking about my people. <laughs> you know, lesbians love to travel with apples. I know, because that's a Ronnie. It's a Ronnie Chang routine, right? He has that great routine about bringing bringing food over. Anyway, so um, yeah, so okay, go. All right. If it, if, I want to make you. I want to make you feel better, though. I've played so much golf that I'm actually kind of over it. Okay, bye. <laughs> I'll see. You. Oh, hey, Ursula. It's at Ursula Carlson, right? Just your name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at Ursula Carlson on Instagram. Uh, if you're in Ireland, most of our Irish listeners do watch Ursula Carlson, overqualified loser. Urs, I'll talk to you soon. Awesome, bro. See ya. Bye. 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 I'll see you later. Bye. So, thanks, Urs. Thanks, you guys. Um, very old school, these kind of intros, outros. Feels like the olden days. Um, Steve will be back next week, and uh, I'm going to have to get another, we'll get another co-host. Try to find a, a lovely lady to join us. Uh, as is, you know, I just like that vibe, you know? I like having Steve, and I like having a woman to come in and we talk about life. So that'll be happening next week. Um, Nothing much else to report other than... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, I'll probably be seeing Hannah today, so that's a bonus. Um, give you a report on that next week. Um, and I was actually on the Miriam O'Callaghan show this morning. So that was cool. It was cool to just do something in Ireland. You know, I felt, I feel a bit disconnected to Ireland at the moment, you know? So that was positive. Um, the summer is, uh, coming to an end. That's kind of sad, but you know, we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, I, I hope you enjoyed the chat. You know, I think I really, I, I, I think there's probably more to be discussed around, you know, just using data and analytics to better organize society. It's just, it's worked in so many other areas. Like it's worked in sport, it's worked in business, it works in the market, you know, like this, the just as we move forward as a society, we're discovering that it's better to have a little bit less faith in humans and more faith in information. So I don't know why we're not, you know, implementing that, that sort of data-driven uh, organization techniques into governance. That's just my, it's my personal thing. Um, and it's clear as day, certainly in American politics, but I think internationally that there's too much emotion in political decisions. And, you know, democracy is clearly not a perfect system, but democracy can still flourish in a society that has, you know, elements of... Uh, data-driven analytical decision-making on what's best for society, you know? Because um, often the numbers don't lie. I was never good at math, maths, in school. Uh, I resented it, actually. But that's one thing I can say for sure, despite not understanding it. I know that the numbers don't lie, more often than not. Um, and you can see the resistance to that. Like, I like baseball. Now, I know this would be boring for some people, but I like baseball. And baseball has been revolutionized by analytics. That A lot of people resent that because they miss the emotional, intuitive decisions that humans can make. But, but those, those, those emotional, intuitive decisions are, are often right or wrong on chance. And your confirmation bias will tell you, you see, that intuition gave you a better result. But really, it was chance. You know, because obviously, you know, analytics will, will, will tell you probability. You know, you're going, to get a, you're going to get a better probability of a result. It's not guarantee. So the problem is that the confirmation bias against analytics suggests you'll, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll look for the time that it was wrong. So in baseball, it's like they do these things called the shift and they just, just, just where you position your outfielders um, based on the highest probability of where this ball is going to go based on the analytics on this particular, uh, you know, based on the data on this particular batter. Uh, so it just gives you a better probability for a good result, but it's not a guarantee. 
But if you actually did the numbers on when you ignore the data and you just do the old school stuff, you'll find that the numbers don't add up, that you have a lower probability of a good result. But still, Keith Hernandez, who I love, I know I've lost you guys. I'm sorry. I'm losing all my fucking listeners talking about this. But Keith Hernandez, who I love, great broadcaster, fantastic announcer, amazing player, hard as nails. But he just hates all this shit. And he constantly brings it back to like good old-fashioned baseball. But like he's wrong, even though I get it and and I, I miss the entertainment value of these human decisions. I understand that if you if you're if you're looking for results, then you have to go with this. You know, but he just resists it all the way. And that's the whole that's that's the whole point, you know? None of the analytics on on Trump's stupid decisions add up, you know? All his kind of, you know, just, uh, you know, anti-science, anti-trade, all all these things don't add up to good results, but they really appeal to human emotion, you know? It appeals to the coal miner that's like, yeah, we're fucked, you know? It appeals to, you know, the factory worker who, and and, and I, and I, I understand that, but the problem is that, like, just because Trump's looking after you doesn't mean it's actually going to be a win for you, you know? you know it's 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 easier to look at the bigger picture when you're actually looking at the information and and good analysis of the information but of course trump's not doing that but i don't want to get too i don't want to get too deep into it but basically all i'm saying is i prefer an algorithm to trump that's the that's the main focus of this conversation i would prefer an algorithm to trump anything I definitely think an algorithm would do a better job than Joe Biden, despite the fact that he's just like a likable guy, you know. Anyway, guys, I, I I don't need to I don't need to to go on and on and on. But it's been a while since I've had time to just well since I've had the opportunity really to just mouth off into the mic, which we were doing so much early on in the pandemic. Um, so stay with us, and uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, We'll keep going every week. Thanks so much for all the support. Don't forget to leave reviews. Um, and uh, we, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Five stars on iTunes, Spotify. Um, who else do we have? I'm at Des Bishop on Instagram. Steve is at Hello Steve. Always not here. Joanne is at Joanne McNally. She'll be back in a few weeks. At Ursula Carlson, you are Z. Z I L A. You are you are Z I L A C A R L S O N. Add her. Let her know that you really enjoy the app. Watch her special on Netflix. And we'll be back next week with Steve and a guest co-host. Um, and don't forget to send Joanne all your messages that you miss her. That's very important too. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 